Welcome back to ASD, A New Perspective, the podcast show where we help you understand what is going on in the mind of your child, and we continue to encourage you that growth for your child is possible. I'm Kat Lee, and thanks for joining us for the last in our special series, The Common Concerns of Parents, The Controlling Child. In this podcast, Dr. Gutstein discusses why this control comes about and how RDI can make a difference. Dr. Gunstein explains. And the funny thing is in typical development, it's not a problem at all. I mean, well, it may be for some people, but it, it just happens because parents know they have to be in control of their child, but they also know they want to continue to give children experiences where they feel more agentic and they feel like they can do things. The difference is that those children are are, are initiating those things. And, and often as a parent, as I said, your, your issue is just to limit how much they do and that they don't, you know, do things that are way beyond their ability, right? Because that drive for confidence, that drive for agency, that drive is so powerful. Um, whereas in autism, it's not a drive for agency, but often a drive for control to, 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 to limit things, to not, you know, to have the same experience. And that's why, you know, maybe parents with ASD kids get confused because, you know, they're having, they're thinking that they have to spend their time, you know, pushing the child towards doing something productive and fighting against the child's tendency to want to limit, um, you know, anything novel, any increase in, in, in their agency, whatever. Um, so it's, it doesn't feel intuitive, but I think that if you, if you help parents understand intuitively what you would expect in typical development, maybe they'll have a better idea of, of this. Because in any, in any typical development, you know, scenario, you're, you're always maintaining control of the situation. You have to set limits. You have to maintain. But, you know, let's talk about what control means. Control doesn't mean that you always have to, you know, in typical development, it doesn't mean you always choose the activity. Now, the problem again in autism is initially you may have to have more control because the activity the child chooses is going to be counterproductive. It's going to be something they've already developed a ritual with, and they've already developed a, 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 a locked-in sort of way of doing. And if you let them choose it, you're out of it. You know, you're not part of the system. So, you know, it's not intuitive in the sense of typical development. You can't use typical development as a guide yet until the child becomes a, a mental apprentice because they're not operating from the same principles. They're not operating from typically developing children's principles. So you have to have more control initially, very often. But, you know, the transition becomes once that child starts operating in a more typical manner, in other words, once they develop the, the growth seeking, then you can start to operate in a more typical way. You can start to provide them more control over things like activity choices. In fact, you know, like with my grandson who's now too, I couldn't care less typically about activity. He has, we have common frameworks. I mean, what we've developed is a, a bunch of frameworks that we keep expanding and enhancing, whether that's cooking, whether that's working, we do a lot of woodworking, we do a lot of yard work when the weather's good, meaning it's not too hot. We go to the park and do things together. We have different frameworks, you know, we can walk the dog. Um, and and we, we have a consensual sense of what those are about, but, to me, whether we do one of those or the other, if time permits, you know, there are limits, I couldn't care less. And so he does a lot of, for him, there's a lot of agency that he can say, I want to do a cook, I want to do this and this. And I have to set limits. I have to say, no, we can't do that. 
but I also know that those are frameworks that are bit made to expand. Let's when we go back to framing now. Um, why I can give up control is that we've developed consensual frameworks. Once we have them, that are frameworks that are expanding. That both we're both expandable. They're not rigid frameworks, right? They have content. They have um, you know consensual meaning. They have um, they have a core of um, a pattern core that we both recognize, but that they are a means for expansion in our relationship. That we both consensually know that we are, are there to expand them, not to break them, not to become make them chaotic, but to, that, that the reason that we do those things is we find new ways to do them, not just to do them the same way over and over again. That's the key of a framework I think a lot of people don't understand. And that when you start to have those, when you build enough, when you build those frameworks, then you can start to secede, secede some of those controls to the child because then um, you, you, if, you, if, you, if these frameworks are really established correctly, in other words, they're mutually understood to be enhancing and expanding, then it wouldn't matter necessarily which of those you use. And by frameworks, you see what I mean? I mean, we, we cook, we, um, we, we, you know, we'll sometimes we'll play with, our, with trains or blocks, we'll, you know, we'll go on walks, we'll um, ride, you know, ride his bike, we'll... I mean, these are frameworks, but when he, and initially when he's in the one word stage, he could use those words or initially he could even point and we would know what we're doing. And then within them, we would both have an agreement without saying that, that we're not, we're going to keep, you know, we are going to cook, but what we're going to cook can change, how we cook change, his responsibilities can change within that cooking, right? But it's still cook, right? And that's why those frameworks are so important in establishing the experience back to the um, 3B. In experience managing, I think one of the key things in experience managing also is establishing a, a good number of common frameworks. You don't have to, have to keep adding to them, you know, but as long as each framework is something that can evolve and is mutually understood to be something that you, is, there, is there so that you can expand them and grow with them, then, right, then that takes a lot of the stress out of the engagement, doesn't it? And then worry about what am I going to do? What activity should I do? I mean, it's funny because that's it, only something I've ever heard from parents of kids with ASD. What activity? I mean, if the typically developing child, it's like they know exactly what activities they do because you've established those common frameworks. So as a parent, as long as you have the time, and, and again, time, energy, whatever, you don't always agree to everything, but you have a bunch to choose from. And, you know, time permitting, energy permitting, you couldn't care less what you do, right? You're not sitting there saying, what will my next thing do? I do with this child. Um, if you are, then you have a problem. Um, you haven't formed those frameworks. And sometimes if parent, even parents of typically developing child, if they haven't really spent, been able to spend time with that child because they have to work and there's really been childcare has been the primary so a parental figure, you feel the same way. You don't know. You haven't developed that common history. And so you don't have those frameworks established. And so you don't know what to do together, you know? Often for fathers who have not been involved, that can be a problem. Like when there's a divorce and then the parent suddenly, father suddenly has that child. And if they haven't developed, uh, you know, those frameworks, they say, oh, I'll just take them here. I'll just take them there. And, it, you know. And again, then then things are going to break down. Then there's a lot of stress involved, um, and 
Um, whereas if you have those common frameworks, then things are pretty easy. Um, but I think with ASD, it's, it's, it's establishing frameworks that consensually agree that you understand the continuity, but you also are, the function of them is to expand them, that you both have that agreement too, but to expand them in a way that continues to make sense to, to both of you. And thanks for joining us for ASD, A New Perspective, the podcast show where we help you understand what is going on in the mind of your child. And we encourage you that growth for your child is possible. I'm Kat Lee. See you next time.